Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Millennial Minds, the Mental Health Podcast. It is your host uh, for today, Brandy, Brandy Slaughter. So I'm really excited to be back on the mic again and having another episode. Now, before we get started, I want to let you guys know that this is not um, an episode that will be part of the men's series. This is going to be an episode all by itself. Uh, But I really want to just take a quick moment and second just to appreciate and thank everybody who has listened to that series and listened to the podcast in general. Uh, But that series to me is really special. I think it really hits home for a lot of um, men, a lot of millennial men and black men, especially uh, just because it's the real content and the opinions and perspectives that are just shared, especially in our last episode uh, with Damian Cowens. Um, a lot of good feedback came from that. I think a lot of a lot of brothers really uh, were able to relate to his story and just, again, his perspective on what he shared. So thank you, everybody who's listening always, who's telling their friends and family, please continue to spread the word. I know that this podcast and this platform is going to grow tremendously. Um, that is just something that I know God is going to do uh, through me. And just for everybody, and again, this isn't even about me. This is about everybody else receiving this valuable information um, about what Millennial Minds has to offer and about the importance of mental health. Uh, But anyways, as we continue forward, I have a really special guest on today. This is a lady, uh, not a male, uh, but she is really dope, really special, and it's been really nice getting to know her. Um, So I'm just really super excited. Uh, so I have on the call with me, uh, Cabrilla Moore. Uh, this is a fellow TSU Tiger, okay? TSU in the house always. Um, the real TSU, by the way. Um, but so I'm really excited to have her on the call with me. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of great things. Uh, so I'm going to turn this over to her and allow her to introduce yourself. And then we'll get started as far as what we're going to be talking about today. So Ms. Cabrilla, hey, girl. Hey, girl. So I am um, originally from, well, first and foremost, let me say thank you for allowing me to be on here. I'm so honored to talk about mental health. And I'm really proud and just excited about what you're doing as far as um, the awareness about it. Um, so I definitely had to give you your props first and foremost. But I would like to say, you know, I am a proud TSU alumni, so I did get my Bachelor of Science Fair in Social Work from, when was that, 2016, so four years ago, and I just graduated here recently in December with my Master's Degree in Social Work with an emphasis in mental health, so now I'm working as a school-based social worker, and I have a passion to be a mental health therapist one day, so I'm in the process of obtaining my LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker, Mm -hmm. and with that specific job it comes with a lot of independency as far as owning your own 
practice or working just by yourself and it's just more opportunities and more money so that's like another side of social work that many people don't know about they think it's very much you know kid related as far as case management handling you know abuse cases neglect cases whether that may be with dcs but it's so much broader than that in the field of social work there's so many avenues to go into so that's something that i would be interested in as far as mental health therapy is concerned I love that. And I'm really glad that you that you spoke on that um, as far as her credentials. So obviously, you guys, you know, as you know, um, we like to drop several gems. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of these gems, too, are going to be components of our fields and credentials and and diagnosis and and terms and, you know, um, vocabulary and things like that. So obviously, you know what Cabrilla her her credential is going to is going to be LC LCSW. As for me it'll be LPC, MHSP. So just as you guys are getting more tapped into self-care and mental health and knowing the history and knowing the knowledge of what this, uh, of what mental health has to offer and what it can, uh, consists of, do understand you are going to see those credentials. So um, obviously I know you guys can see that they're different just by the lettering, but uh, we do really deal from the same pot. And Cabrilla and I are going to have you talk about that further and you'll be able to see um, as she shares her background and what she does um, on a day-to-day basis and kind of what it's taught her and what it showed her. And then, uh, you know, as for me, and I'll share that in past episodes, but, you know, LCSW and LPCMHSP um, are different, but at the same time, we still work side by side and we deal from the same pot at times. Uh, so just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of history with that um, and just knowing, you know, where that comes from. And as you heard Cabrilla already share, you know, what that consists of as being an LCSW. Um, so, yeah. So, Cabrilla, thank you so much, though, for your kind words. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Uh, and we're going to get started. We're going to jump right into it. So, guys, we got some really good topics on the list um, that me and Cabrilla really were thinking that was really important. Um, and just a small additional note. Uh, I think this is going to be for everybody, of course, but we're going to be talking uh, about some women, uh, about our the, the women community, um, Black women. So this is really going to hopefully able to relate and touch home for you guys since the guys have been able to get, you know, their dose of mental health medicine, um, I guess I could say. So some of the topics that we're going to be discussing for today are going to pertain to the, um, the unprotection of Black women. And just this, just what's really kind of going on um, as far as Black women not being protected and us not feeling protected. Um, and then the lack of competence in education and mental health. We can go on that all day. Um, I think that's always going to be a steady topic uh, that we're going to be discussing on this platform. Um, so trying to boost people's education and competence up for mental health because it's, it's sincerely important. And then last but not least, child, we're going to talk about social media and what it does to your mental health. Uh, so Miss Cabrilla, um, let's, you know, what well, we're going to go for the juggler. That's how I feel. We're going to go for the social media. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Uh, so like, I want to hand up the floor to you cause you are a special guest. You deserve most of the floor. Uh, so when you social media, girl, what do you think? What do you think with social media and how it affects the mental health of the black community? <laughs> Um, so social media, you know, and I just want to say that I believe it does have some positive attributes about it as far as expanding and promoting your brand and just being able to connect with friends and family. However, I just feel like here recently, it's just been very negative where you see a lot of people taking 
social media breaks to kind of, you know, heal themselves and just get out of that era as far as, you know, just having to see people within a facade. You see a lot of people hiding behind, you know, pictures, putting up quotes and you know them personally and that's not what they really are about or that's not what they really stand for. Um, you see people just doing a lot of clout chasing. You see just a lot of negativity and it's just like, how is this feeding me mentally? So you always have to take a step back to see like, okay, is following this person really going to benefit me? So it's just like, I see a lot of people that may you know, on Facebook, you have where you can still befriend them, but you want to follow them from seeing their posts. Um, or on Instagram, you can mute them. So you guys are still following one another, but you're not really seeing their posts like that. Or you just have people that will unfollow them altogether. So it's just like you want to follow people that motivate you in a certain way, that are posting things that are very positive. Because social media carries a lot of weight when it comes to influencing people. And you just want to make sure you're following someone that is, you know, using their platform in a positive way. So that's just something that really gets to me. <laughs> and I know it's something that really influences a lot of people, especially our younger generation. They look at certain people and feel like, oh, this is what I have to look like or this is what I have to act like just to be accepted. So it's kind of like, you know some point in time I think it's great to take social media breaks but it's also great to do like an unfollow suite to see if okay is this person really helping me you know like what are they promoting that's really positive and what's not you know what I'm saying so that's something that I just think is a struggle for not even like our teenagers but us as far as like our young adults even the older people because they get caught up in that too as far as just trying to keep up with this person that you may not even know or that may not even say you know something that they really have or that they really do so it's kind of like you have to come back and realize okay you know let me real let me just think is this really benefiting me you know what I'm saying so that's just something that's really been bothering me and I know it's something that affects a lot of people Okay, so just respond following up with that response of what you said, um, of what you just shared, Cabrilla. I really, I really agree. This past week, uh, I have had this conversation with a couple different friends, including you, um, about social media because I've been having, I had to have a kind of an inner talk with myself, um, and hopefully, again, our ladies can relate. And again, anybody, but I think females really going to be able to identify where we're coming from um, as as we're speaking on this particular topic is that I had told a friend of mine that, you know, you got to be real careful and real mindful of how much you're looking at social media and what you're looking at. Uh, because it's so easy to fall almost, I call it like the sunken place, like and get out. Because if you just keep looking at or you're, like you said, measuring yourself up to others, you see what Ari doing for money bag, or you just see somebody that you used to know or just a random person or whatever, so people are elevating it or doing things that you aspire to do or that you put on your dream board. Um, and, you know, you see that, you see them flourishing in areas that, that you do want to flourish in. And it really can do something to yourself mentally, ultimately. Um, it, it's, it's happened to me, you know, and it, you can really get down, like you really fall into a sunken place and it's so hard to get out. And I think really for the black community, like 
we already fighting so many stigmas. We've already running so many kind of different races. It's so yeah. hard. To, you know, so when you go on social media and we, after you done fought all day in other areas of your life, you get on social media and then you see this and then you see that. Um, you know, for some girls, you know, you see your ex that is not with you no more. And it seemed like he done glowed up with the next female. And it seems like she's getting everything that you didn't, you know? And it's kind of like, wow, so what's wrong with me? Or, you know, you see a female that's flourishing with her business, you know, whether she got a lash line, a weave line or whatever, and you have that on your on your board and you want to do that. Um, or just in general, you've thought about it, but you see where they're at and you see where you're not. And it mentally gets you down and gets you very depressed. It can get you so far off your A-game and off your lane that you kind of look up. You could have started that night or started that next day as far as where you wanted to be or being intentional about where you want to be. But instead, you know, you know, you're really down and out. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that, that's kind of my perspective on social media, um, in a sense. It's, it's so much, so much to it. Uh, what do you think are some of the most contributing factors of, of social media that really can mess with your, with your mental? What have you seen or dealt with? I would say here recently, just being in this, I don't want to say racial war, <clears throat> but I definitely want to say, you know, just being that the social climate is very sensitive as it pertains to Black people, as far as fighting for equal equality, the negative posts about people, you know, it's about all lives matter and just what we're standing for is so easy to get caught up in that where I may want to respond you know what I'm saying like I want all the smoke so it's just right I really have (laughs) to you know remember that I can't let them you know get a reaction because that's what they want they want us to argue you know that's what they're anything I feel with kindness I just saw a post and trying to justify Breonna Taylor's death. And it's just like, are you serious? So I wanted to say something, but I'm just like, at the end of the day, we can argue all we want. Not going to change anything as far as us going back and forth with this person who doesn't even understand where we're coming from. So why would I argue with someone that's blind? I can't heal them. Only God can. So let me move on. (laughs) So at the end of the day, it's just like with those situations, I know that's something that's really been bothering not only me, but a lot of black people. We have to really realize that we cannot find, you know, no way of understanding where we're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that will ride with us will ride with us the people that won't won't so it's just like we have to keep it moving in that regard so that's something that i know really has been trying me and i'm sure a lot of us here lately like that's top of the top (laughs) no that's absolute facts um you know that i almost don't have no words uh just because it gets me back in that space just us talking about it uh if you listen to this podcast or just in general, if you haven't, if you're not aware of what's going on in our, in our community and I applaud anybody that's listening to this, um, this podcast that is, that is not identified with the African-American community, because this is giving you education and insight to our world and what we go through and what we face and what we deal with and how we think and, and everything. Right. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's even go after we, finish with with this portion it'll segue us into you know the unprotected black woman right but 
this week has been very hard. Um, obviously, to me, it was no shock of the um, very bogus and very fake charge that they um, tried to charge with the officer. Uh, that was no shocker at all. But of course, it was everywhere, right? It was everywhere on social media. Every time I logged on to social media on my break or whatever, that's all that I saw. Because most of my followers and people that I, stories I watch, we we all were in support of Breonna Taylor and the injustice that was happening. But because when I say I formed a headache at work, uh, I was already kind of a little pissed off um, just because of what I had heard that morning, right? But when I was able to look at it on social media, I formed a true headache. And I think I talked to you that day about that. Yeah. And it had me so, I, I had to almost delete the app because when I say it was it was that much of a, the consistency of seeing it and it made me mad and I think that just really shines light too that what Cabrilla was saying of how you have to know how to unplug um that goes back to this episode I think two for me with 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 um the inner you and the self-care you have to know how to unplug even if it's for the support of stuff that you believe in and that you fight that we're fighting for you have to know how to unplug because if you keep looking at that through social media, you keep looking at a post, you keep reposting, you keep liking, or you keep responding, or you keep trying to get into these spats and debates of trying to make folks who, for some reason, can't seem to understand the value of our lives and how worthy we are, you'll be there all day, you know? So I had to really unplug, and I had to just come down because every time I logged on, I got I got so irate. I got I got pissed, yeah. you know, because uh, it was it was so much. And see, it was so much. It's just like we already have with, you know, other people who may not agree with um, or excuse me, who may disagree with, you know, the whole situation. As far as Breonna Taylor, they may feel like, yeah, she, you know, deserved what she got or, you know, because there's people out there that feel that way. We have to deal with Trump supporters. You already got to go to work and deal with these kind of people. You know what I'm saying? So to hear that on social right. media, it's like we got to draw the It's going to affect how I interact with my coworker. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, right. You, know, you say you had a headache. So that kind of made you in a this place where you were just kind of like, I'm not really trying to deal with nobody. Don't come up to me asking about this that, and the other. It's just certain things that can affect us as far as what we see on our phones. That's why my parents are just like, put the phone down. And it does make sense to a certain degree because all that negativity really feeds your soul. It affects how you interact with other people. Rather they, rather that they don't, you know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like, um, it does play a heavy part as far as how we maneuver within the real world, I'll say. Definitely. I agree. And I think that is um, just to kind of, you know, like with, with wrapping this topic up in a sense, you know, I think it's important for as far as tips, if people who are, if any of y'all are ever struggling um, with social media, obviously it's a big thing for the millennial generation, right? That's no secret. That's how a lot of people make money. They, um, their, their businesses are on there. Their branding is on there. Their marketing, their clientele comes through social media. So trust me, we're not here to harp and say that social media is all negative. Blessings can come from social media. Shoot. Some of y'all probably done met y'all spouse off social media oh my God. or whatnot. <laughs> um, you know, and it is worth for you. So, you know, I'm not here to just be rain on the social media you know at, at all but I think even if it does 
um, benefit you in a positive light. You still need to know taking care of yourself mentally. If you are trying to get better at that, I don't care how old you are, but definitely for a millennial, it's a continuous marathon. I'm going to forever say that. Uh, so there are ways and things you need to do. You have to be able to check out. For me, what I was doing last semester at school, uh, and I'm trying to get back into it now, um, is that kind of, I would do a check out of social media for the week. So I may delete the app, Sunday night, Monday morning, right? And then I would rejoin on Thursday night, Friday. So kind of like at the end of the, the beginning of the week, I'm not there, but then I let myself kind of have, you know, the fun on social media at the end of the week. That works for me. That may not work for you. Um, again, people have businesses and you make money through social media. So I understand that you probably may need to be on there a little more consistently, understandable. But if you live by yourself or if you have family or you have kids, you have a spouse, do the checkout. The checkout is very necessary. Give your time to yourself. At, you know, Do grounding techniques with yourself. And I'll, later down the episode, I'll explain maybe what a grounding technique is and maybe that might work for some of you all. You have to check out, though. I think that's very important. Give your attention to yourself, to the people you love, and just take a break. It's not going nowhere. We're going to hear about it anyways, oh. whether you got cable or not. You're going to hear about what's going on in the world, right? So I think that's, to me, that's my really big and only tip is to be able to check out and to um, have a routine set with what works for you, but to be able to just take a break because it's very needed. Your mind needs it. It's not even healthy for our, for our brain and our eyes to be functioning on a screen all day anyway. Right. And that's science and that's facts proving that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people we know follow and say they don't even like looking at their phone before they go to bed because it's really not healthy for you because you focus your eyes on a screen so long and then you go to bed. Yeah. It just, it's, it's not healthy, you know? So um, I don't know, Cabrilla, did you have any tips, um, you know, as far as the social media for anybody that might need them? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll definitely say that setting the routine, kind of piggybacking off what you had already uh, specified is that, you know, if you are promoting your business, I think you should have a routine as far as like a set time where you promote, you know, whether that is posting story or actually posting a picture of something that was scary to you to promote your business. Because sometimes you get caught up and you're looking at it all through the day and night, which is like you said, really not healthy for you. Like mm-hmm. even from this esthetician that I was looking at, as far as her YouTube page, she was saying how it can be very damaging on the skin. You know, it can be very damaging on the eyes. It has a lot of unhealthy benefits. So it's just something that is not trying to control you as far as how you maneuver on there, but necessarily trying to help you as far as living a healthy life. And I know that's something we all want to hop on. Oh, we're being healthy. Okay, so you might want to create a strategic time where you and promote your brand so you don't necessarily affect yourself as far as your health as far as your mental health your physical health like it's all of that together so that's something that I would just piggyback on is just setting a strategic time on when you get on there as far as how you promote your brand so you don't get too caught up and I believe Instagram has like a time set you say I want to be on here for like 30 minutes of a day they'll let you know when you reach that mark so when you reach that mark that can be like your accountability as far as okay I've done what I need to do now it's time to move on and then I'll go back tomorrow if I need to post something else so I think that's something that we all need um, to take into account like even on Sundays I'll get a notification oh you spent eight hours on your phone it's like really so it's kind of like you just need to figure out okay how many or how much time do I 
each week. Right. You know, or I'm neglecting time within my daily routine. So I just think it's structured. You know what I'm saying? So just look at things like that to make right. sure that you're holding yourself accountable, but you're still being effective with your brand or business. Period. Yeah, period. Uh, and really, period, just hearing back from what you said, um, something that popped into my mind, everybody's on um, social media, or I'm sorry, being healthy and mental health has been really relevant these past couple years, definitely within this past year, right? I see self-care, <laughs> take care of you, vitamins, all kind of stuff that people, people post, right? <laughs> Every everything, everybody's trying to get one with themselves, and that's great. I'm not saying people are trying to flex, but what it is when it comes to your mental health and taking care of you, you can't just talk about it, you gotta be about it. And that comes from stuff like this. It's gonna be uncomfortable for some of y'all, but it's gonna be so needed because you'd be surprised when you really take care of you in your mind, how, what you begin to realize and what you begin to feel and see, and also what people will see in you, right? And granted, they may not like that change, but that sounds like a personal yeah. problem. Uh, so, you know, but as we, uh, as I think just kind of going from there, it's a perfect time to segue into, into our next topic um, of, you know, Black women being and feeling unprotected. Uh, every time I, we, I say that, I think of, you know, LeBron's quote that has been being plastered, you know, has really gone viral, yeah. right, um, of, of everything. I don't know it word from word, but, you know, it really is along the lines of, you know, you know, the female is the female that's unprotected is, is the black female. Right. I know I'm not saying it correctly, but, you know, Cabrilla, I really want to again, I want to turn it over to you. What do you what do you think about that? How do you feel? Do you think that's true? Do you think how have you felt as a black woman these past couple of years? You know, what do you do? You feel protected? What's what's been your perspective I on that? Definitely can relate to that statement. I don't feel protected. I don't feel deserved in a lot of ways as far as being a black woman. Right. I mean, just here recently, just going on my journey of growth and childhood trauma is affecting my current relationships, whether that is with a man within myself as far as how I deal with people and as far as how I view myself so just dealing with these situations where I see a lot of black women aren't protected it just really brings me back to that space when I was a child like yo I just felt this way and I'm putting being put back in that position at this moment in time so right. it's a really sensitive subject for me because it's something that I've went through just you know dealing with racism you know that's real for us you know going to a white school being the only black person within a certain mm. or um you know dealing with sexism because the fact of the matter is yeah a woman receives discrimination too but one thing we got to realize is we're a double minority so not only are we female but we're black so we get I feel like the worst mm. of it you know what I'm saying when it comes to our hair the way that we dress or just the way that we look it's always something that is said or it's a vibe that is felt so it's just kind of like that's something that really resonates with me um you know I feel like colorism is real that's something I've dealt with here personally and that's something that I right. feel like is on top of the racism and sexism is that dealing with, okay, well, yeah, you're black, but you're darker. So it's like the less, um, or I would say the darker you are, 
the less desirable. And I'm not saying in a man's eyes, but just within the professional arena. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain stereotypes yeah. and stigmas that come along with being a woman of richer melanin. So it's just certain things like that, which relate back to women being unprotected, excuse me, black women being unprotected and disrespected. Those are a lot of the isms mm. we have to take into account when dealing with the professional as well as the personal world. So that's something that I know has affected me. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can relate, you know, like you've been a victim of some sort. So that's just something that's really been affecting me here recently, especially looking at the Breonna Taylor situation, looking at, and I know some people have their, different you know perspectives about it the meg the stallion situation right it's just certain things that we have to take into account (laughs) and you know what i'm glad you brought that up um Mm -hmm. hmm, that has been a consistent topic for the past couple months obviously anybody getting shot if or if we take color off the table for a Mm -hmm. slight moment Anybody getting shot is not a laughing matter. It's not a joking matter because as we all know, especially our black community, y'all, you know, we know what bullets do. We've known this since the end of time. But as this is these past couple of five, seven, ten years, we are seeing physically live on footage of what bullets do and how they're just they're they're killing off our own community and that's happening from black on black crime and that's happening from white people killing our brothers right. and sisters right but with this Megan the Stallion situation I tuned in moment quickly for um to something that Cardi was sharing and you know she was defending Megan of course you know and one thing I did like that that she shared is that um and that she said in the in the in the in the live video is that you know she said Megan don't have a father she don't have her mother and y'all try to attack and harass her on being shot and we have to understand that a lot of times women we get ridiculed a lot for a lot of stuff like granted do we play our part in some things I'm not here to be that women are 100% innocent all day 365 that's not the case Yes, we are humans at the end of the day, us Black women. We do things that it, we could have yeah. done better, right? But we suffer a lot of harassment or a lot of judgment and assumptions on us, whether it's coming from the man's eyes or the next female's eyes. We guilty on doing a lot, a lot of Black-on-Black girl yeah. crime, too, <laughs> you know? And just passing so much, and sometimes you just, you know, but... Whenever a woman is, is something's happened or is is something terrible has happened, and we're put in the spotlight for whatever the case may be, it's always got to be some form of negativity or judgment or or you know no she's not telling the truth. And I think that was really I like that about Cardi. She said that this girl don't have yeah. no parents, and you attack her in this way. Um, for a lot of us that might be listening, you know, luckily I'm blessed to have my two parents. So and when it when it comes to as far as protection, I have been fortunate to feel like I'm protected when I'm with my parents. But now that I live by myself and stuff like that, if I was to think of an emergency situation and let's say my parents can't get to me at this moment, I don't feel protected when it comes to these cops. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't even really know how to feel about the minority <laughs> cops because at this point, 
you ain't trying to lose your job, player. So I know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something, you know, because that's what it's been. You know, they either if they speak out or they protest against what's going on, what is the ultimate decision? They've gotten fired, right? right? And I'm not trying to take no food and money from your kid's mouth, but it makes me wonder, really, are y'all going to protect me if, if I need the police to show up to my house for whatever reason? Mm-hmm. You know, that plays in the back of my mind. And just so, but I, you know, it just, it's, it's hurtful and it's sad at times because we do, we do face so much in the workplace, you know, just from how we look and you really hit it on the, on the head when, you know, as far as how we appear, how we dress, how we look what our hair looks like. Um, I take all that into, into consideration. Um, I don't get certain colors in my hair because of just how, where I work. I work in a hospital and and majority of my superiors and coworkers are white. And it's not because I care what they think, but it's just the approach and sometimes what it gives mm-hmm. off. You know, I just don't go into an interview with blue hair. It's just not my style, you know? And because I know what, I, I know, I know we know what they're gonna think. So I mean, must even give y'all that kind of exactly. satisfaction, you know. But Kimberly, go ahead. I don't. I don't know if you if you agree with that um, or what, totally what do you agree, think? Especially um, with the Meg the Stallion situation, you know, I thought about that too. She doesn't have any family or that support system. You know, she's our age. So if anything goes wrong, I know I always have my dad and my mom here to protect and um, support me. So just not having that is very traumatizing and it's very lonely because it's just like, who can I trust, especially being in an entertainment industry? You know, I know she's excited to be around certain people, but that doesn't mean you necessarily can trust all of them. So it's just very... um, right traumatizing in a way and I can only imagine how she felt especially trying just to stay, defend herself to everyone to people she doesn't even know or people who doesn't even know what went down people were making a joke out of it people were saying oh I don't care if she got shot you know I'm still supporting this particular person and it's just like now that he's released his album and he's saying that he was trying to pursue Kylie it just goes to show like you know you didn't have any respect for her if y'all had claimed to be in a relationship or pursuing one another rather than had been through dating it's just like where was the respect there so I feel like yeah she had every right to be mad because she felt disregarded in that sense we're supposed to be here having a good time and you're sitting up here saying that you just couldn't front as if shorty wasn't fine so you was gonna do what you did but at the end of the day it gave you no right to shoot her I don't care if she smacked you like some people think that you know, oh, well, if she hit you, she deserved to be hit back. But at the end of the day, it's a different impact when a man hits you than when a woman hits you. And I'm not saying that it's mm-hmm. right, but at the end of the day, right. like Bon B said, you should have walked away. If she said, oh, let me get out the car, and she was upset, that's it. Like, don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because now look at the repercussions. It's just not worth it. So no, I, exactly. I definitely not at all. Saying, especially when it comes to the workplace, I have to be very conscientious of how I dress and present myself because I already know that there's a stigma or a stereotype placed upon Black women, and I feel like it's been a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. Um, you know, as far as like how I wear my hair, like don't you know I got a plan three months ahead? Like how I'm gonna wear my hair <laughs> in December from now? Because that's real. I can come in there with some colors, or I can come in there with some feed in braids because I'm gonna get like a little sick look. So I have to be very considerate on how I dress and present myself because I am working in an establishment where you can't wear 
different color hair or natural, what they say, unnatural colored hair. So if your hair doesn't grow like that, then you can't mm-hmm. wear it. Um, you know, when it comes to wearing certain clothes, they, for instance, the attire is casual. If I wear something and it fits my curves, unlike uh, Emily's over here, we're going to have a problem. So I've gotten pulled. Listen, I've gotten. Tell me about listen, it. baby. You know, uh, that right there ain't going to work because this customer was looking at your tail and I'm just like, well, oh, girl can wear it, but I can't. And it's just like, you know what? It's all good because at the end of the day, no matter what I wear, I can't stop anybody from looking and I can't stop you from being uncomfortable or better yet, just hating. I've worked in an environment where there's been African-American women in administrative roles. And I think I feel like that I got more criticism from them than I have ever from anybody else just working in different establishments about the attire that I wear. So it was very discouraging in a way because it's just like, you know, compared to my white colleague, she can wear certain things that I can't wear because it accentuates hers. Or it makes the customers feel, right. you know, a bit more, I guess, because I worked in an environment where we serve the underdeserved community. So they felt like, you know, you're mm-hmm. tempting them in a way. So you have to go the extra mile to mm. make sure that you're presenting yourself in a certain manner, which I completely understand. But that doesn't necessarily mean I can control what these other people think, feel or do. I can't do that. I can only control what I do. So exactly. if I come in here dressed up and they look, they just look. But at the end of the day, that's just something I have to take into account when going into different job arenas and knowing what to wear and how to present myself based on how I look and based on other people's perception right. that they may have of me because I am a black woman. You know what I'm saying? So I totally feel you. <laughs> Cabrilla. Again, dropping gems. All my guests just be dropping gems, and I love it. I, I love y'all so much. Uh, I I know that all too well. Um, recently at my internship, and this is not even no negative on my internship. I, I won't even say the names, even give all that information. But, you know, I asked my supervisor what the dress code was when in the office, et cetera, right? Because I didn't know if it was all professional. And just to give y'all back up a small second, my internship is where I, be, where I will be seeing clients. And where I have been seeing clients, mm-hmm. right? So that is, again, one of my places of work um, outside the hospital. So I asked what the um, the dress code was, right? The attire. And he told me, he's like, you know, luckily, he's like, you know, it's nice. It's actually pretty casual, you know, just obviously make it appropriate, but it's very casual. Now, Sarah mm-hmm. over here may have took that as, okay, leggings. I'm good, sweatshirt, you know, maybe some some slides, some little loafers, whatever, right? right? <laughs> I, I'm a black woman. I'm smart. I've been to TSU. You learn yes. very quickly. Casual to, to them is they own kind of casual, and casual to us is, okay, I'm going to come in here in some nice, maybe black jeans, and I'm going to put on a nice blouse with some flats, and, probably, and I'm going to dress up with some jewelry or something like that. Because one thing I and that I'm I'm proud that I think like that as a as a black woman because I just know and Cabrilla already said it. I casual my kind of casual gonna have y'all a little mm-hmm. comfortable I guess <laughs> because my my workout or yoga pants or whatever th- you know they they do hug my body and we're just gonna be real it is it's not no it's not it's not a a secret the black women in our community we're really we're known as full figure mm-hmm. women. 
not everybody's the same kind of full figure. Some girls is more BBW, you know, and some girls have more this and more that. But nonetheless, though, we have curves. You either grow into them or you came out the womb with them, you yeah. know, with one or two. Um, or, hey, you know, some people buy them, whatever, to accentuate. That's that's your that's your prerogative. Um, but nonetheless, though, we are known to have a fuller figure body than the Caucasian community. We just gonna keep this 100% real, right? So what is simple on Sarah or whoever is not gonna be the same as me. So those kind of yoga pants, I would not dare wear that in my profession. And I don't care if it is a coronavirus and I have no clients for the day. I'm still, I dress the part as a counselor because that's what I'm, one, that's what I'm gonna be. So I'm not even dressing to, to make them feel like, oh, she's professional and Brandy's got it together. It's not even for y'all. One, this is because I'm going to dress the part. No, I don't have my credentials yet, and I don't have LPC, MHSP behind my name, but please believe me, it will be there. So I'm going to dress like I already okay. have the title, correct? <laughs> That's one. Two, I dress the way I do. When you said extremely casual, I don't, I didn't, I tuned that out the moment he said that. The moment he said casual, I said, bloop, that's out the way. I'll come in here with a blouse or a sweater or a nice dress that is below my kneecaps. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I look the part and that it's um and that it's actually not it's opposite of casual because I just know I don't want to I don't even want to set the tone nor try to have y'all think that okay we got to talk to Brandy because you know the client said that her no it no 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 because I don't even want to get into that debate the debate of you guys saying it was casual you know we have to think like that and i don't and i don't think some women understand how far how far much we think uh, we we um we plan for stuff like that like you said our hair i want to get certain things for my hair for my birthday i might want to get a spice it up with a little red piece but i have to be understanding and know that when i go to work that just might not yeah. be as appropriate you know um coming in here with blue and green just is not gonna cut it you know at least for me and this is giving a window into just what on what we go through and what we do, how far we plan. Church, oh my gosh. That was a tone my mama set off rip. I've never worn yoga pants to church. It's just not what I did, you know? It's not about the brand or the how much money you have in a sense, but you, we, in our community, you come to church right. looking presentable. You just do. Only time I've seen that, that rule get relaxed is when I was in college. And it was the one o'clock okay. service at Friendship Church. That was the only time that I seen a couple people trickle in with a hoodie maybe, but I'm gonna be real. If I had to rank it, majority of us who were still young and were on our own now in college, we still were dressed polo. The guys were in their polos, tie or suit. Girls had on, right, slacks. Girls had on the shirt, a nice blouse, a nice dress. Um, most of the time they were an appropriate length, but we understand, we understand, we know what's expected. We know how we were brought up because we know that anytime we get a little relaxed, some of y'all take a mile and talk about, well, we got to pull such and such to the office and talk to them about what they had on. I don't even go there. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. I hope a lot of ladies, a lot of people, again, can just, um, really fill us on that because, that is really real. And I um I just I had I had to kind of just share that for a moment because that had really just happened to me, like I said, at, at my internship site. Every day I'm in that office, I dress as if I was a licensed counselor off rip and I dress right. more than casual. Yeah. That's how I'm gonna word it. 
Because I have to. I, feel I have you. to. Especially when you had mentioned church. Just growing up in the church, like, I've never been within a church that said come as you are and I understand that has been the logo for a lot of churches nowadays because people may not have grown up in church so they don't know how to be presentable uh, within the presence of the Lord and you know so much and so forth so that's something that my parents instilled in me like when we used to go to church we used to have the dress with the fluff with the uh, socks and the bell (laughs) shoes the uh, barrettes in the hair like we just literally dressed to the T so that's what I was brought up on so anytime I go to church it's never in jeans it's never in a t-shirt or a hoodie not to shame anybody that does but just based on how I was raised and what I was taught we're supposed to come dressed in the presence of the Lord because you have to acknowledge who he is as your Lord and Savior so you need to come with some respect like if you go to that interview you're not going to come in there dressed in like nothing so why would you come in the church dressed like that and you wouldn't go to the interview like that you know what I'm saying right so it's just like that's something that was right. always taken into account if I go to church today I'm gonna be you know in my nice appropriate length dress and my heels and I'm gonna come looking like I got some respect and dignity for God so that's just you know the demeanor right. that I've always had so just coming as you are in yoga pants and hoodie it's just like okay you know yeah I see you, but it's not appropriate for future reference. So I feel like that's a moment of discipleship Mm -hmm. and mentorship for a lot of people that may be willing to learn about God and learn about how to present themselves as, you know, a believer. However, it's a way to do everything. That's why I feel like the young adult ministry is missing within the church as of now. But that's a whole nother subject. So that's just something that um, I can relate to on so many levels because I used to get pulled aside a lot because you know right the mothers don't be playing I mean it all still touches on they don't and it also serves under not feeling protected because we just we understand that in, in these various various settings um you know like work or um now it depends on kind of I guess maybe if you go to a black church in a sense but you know in these other areas that we go to we have we're just we're thinking steps ahead we we, we just are right we're thinking steps ahead, we're planning ahead, and we're just being conscious because we know, I'm, I kind of want to back up to the workplace or just keep it there because yeah. religion is different for everybody, even if you are an African-American, you know, not everybody goes to church and, and believes in Christ. Um, so, you know, we don't want to put that assumption out there at all. Uh, we're not here to persuade or change anybody's views um, when it comes to religion. Um, but, you know, in a place like work, it's just, we know that at times we're not going to be protected and with certain stuff, with certain conversations, my attitude and how I respond to things. That's another thing I, I watch for my response to stuff, because sometimes if it's the Caucasian lady getting a little attitude and having her little mental meltdown, you know, everybody kind of takes like a back seat and it's kind of, you know, like chill about it. But if I get my tone, as you just heard, I raise my voice. And I get a little stern all of a sudden. Right. Brandy, calm down. You should be like, just there's no need to get upset and get and get, you know, out of place. Well, well, when she did it the other day, y'all, nobody was backing up and getting alerted and calling the supervisors and calling management. Uh, but when I do it, it's a problem. We need to, we need to have a sit down with you. You know, yeah. people think we don't see that and we do. We really do. So I want people to understand that if they're not, if you don't identify with our community, we think about a lot of things and plan a lot of stuff ahead that y'all don't even know about. And it's been groomed and it's been brought up with yeah. us for a long time. Um, and that we just do. 
because we just we we know that in a sense as far as feeling protected that we're not gonna get it how you may get it and and that's and again we're not even gonna we don't have to even have that long conversation with the Breonna Taylor situation it's evident it's evident um and I think for me as far as last thing that I want to share in regards to this topic um you know I had shared that with my class um the other day and I and that was the same day I told you I had the headache so that was a Thursday right and just to be vulnerable and real with y'all I actually broke down on the zoom call for my class because I, I had to talk about it. One thing about me, I'm very vocal and I'm pretty honest. I like to consider myself to be. And just based upon kind of the opening question for the class, I couldn't front like I was cool. I was like, I'm very upset and I'm sick and tired that with my peers on this cl- on this call, on this class call that I do like and are very kind to me. Don't get me wrong, y'all. And they are, a lot of them are white. I was like, why is it that her life is valued more than mine? Why is it? Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, Cabrilla, I, I, that really made me upset, and it gets me kind of like teared up yeah. now because that's that's real. That is so real for us. And you know, when I began to really get upset and I did cry, you know, they were sending me nice messages and things like that. And you know, of course, they're just like, it's I don't know, I don't understand because they they see Brandy for Brandy, right? They don't even really see my race. They never, at least from what I when I deal with them, they don't come at me like that, right? But why is it in an officer's eyes? or in another white person's eyes on the street that you feel, you feel like you have the right and the privilege to look at me as if you're down, you're so below me and your life is nothing. So if you get arrested or you get shot, you probably deserved it. It's almost yeah. like a, how dare you? That's all I can say to keep, to keep it cute on this, yeah, on this recording. Like they, you know, like they say, the how can you do that? The audacity has been the term. Like, cause people just really have the nerve no, I and I, I totally feel what you're saying because, you know, it's just, <clears throat> it resonates with all of us. Like, you know, we see so many things go down with the other race and you never see that same reaction as it pertains to us. If a white person comes to the police with a very, you know, um, agitating or aggressive manner, they don't do anything. They're trying to reason with him. But if it's us, you know, hands up, and then they try to shoot, you know, and it's just like, okay, what's so different than the white guy who was literally about to put hands on y'all than us? All we did was raise our hands and try to comply. So, it's just like, is that... Or say freeze after they already shot you. I love that one. I said, I don't know how you're saying freeze when you already shot him and he's on the ground. And, you know, I just... I ain't even gonna talk about cops right now because that's a whole nother subject. I just... I literally say I don't have a respect for a lot of them and I know all of them are not like that, but I just don't, you know, I'll see them and, you know, one of my coworkers was just like, oh, there's a cop that sits and patrols our area. I want us to go out there and thank him for what? Like he's doing what he need to do. And that's if he is like, why would I go out there and thank him? You know what I'm saying? Does he genuinely protect and serve my community? Because a lot of them that I've been seeing don't really care. So you can go out there and thank him, but I'm not, you know, like yeah. you're the administrator. So you have the power to go out there and say, thank you. I'm the manager over this facility. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying anything to him, you know, like that's what you're supposed to do. And that's if you are doing Facts. what you are called to do. So exactly. no, I'm not telling him thank you, but it is what it is. Yeah. Keyword if. Keyword if. Um, and. I think a perfect way, like, with, uh, you know, of like wrapping up this topic is to our men, 
to our black men. Thank y'all to to all of y'all that are taking the strides to protect us, right? You know, because I I know we were kind of talking about more of the negatives and the stigmas that are attached to this, right? Um, and we don't want to leave it on that note. But thank y'all, you know, like my dad is my biggest protector outside of God and Jesus, right? My dad is that is that pretty much number one man that that does protect me, right? He just does. He's always done that. And I'm ex- extremely grateful that, that he does that. You know, my dad will 100% take bullets for me. That's just what it is. You know, um, when I'm with my dad, I do feel protect. I do feel protected. Um, you know, I have some male friends that when I have been out with them, I feel good. I feel cool because I already know, like, you step up to me sideways, it's smoke with my homie. It's going to be smoke. Like, you know, you just can't come to me any kind of way. I feel like things were to go down, you know, I could feel protected. And so I want to thank all of our black men that are working to protect your mothers, your sisters, your wives, your girlfriends, you know, your, oh my gosh, your daughters, your, your sons, you know, because it's, it's hard for y'all too. It's hard for all of us. And just like we're fighting our, our, you know, black women fight, y'all are fighting our black men fight. And, you know, it's so easy to put our black men down, you know, so Again, you know, for the ones who do the posts on social media, thank you for being open about who you're protecting. And the ones who even don't, um, thank you anyways. And, you know, we really just appreciate you guys. I think, um, I know I do just appreciate y'all for what you guys have been doing for us. Um, and when it comes to protecting protecting us and looking out for us, because it, it's, it's not easy. You and, and honestly, we had to just shine on them for a minute even further, Cabrella, you know, they are not only protecting us as they women, as their black yeah. queens, right? They're protecting themselves. So they trying to dodge bullets, but I was trying to make sure that my girl is straight, you know, or my mother is straight, you know, because that is one of my black queens. So it's a double yeah. fight. It's a lot going on. And I hope y'all are hearing what we're saying because, <laughs> child, the audacity, like Brita said, the audacity and the tension is real in our community. And I'm, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of heat. It's a lot of smoke. It's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain that's going on. So I just hope, you know, for, so ladies, like tip wise, you know, just be mindful, be super mindful um, of just the decisions you make, the moves we make, um, be mindful. Hopefully you have a, a, a group of girlfriends or a mother or another woman figure, you know, that you can turn to when you do need to probably maybe consider another option, just whatever it may pertain to. I don't know everybody's situation who's listening to this, but whatever you feel you are struggling with or that um, you're having a hard time with work area, whatever, just be mindful. We have to think about things. I hate that it's like that, but we have to think and plan ahead with certain stuff. And hopefully you guys are seeing that. Uh, So as we're just moving in, this is, I think, oh, this is our, our last topic. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, just kind of the competence, the lack of competence, I'm sorry, and the education of of mental health and just the profession. So, Ms. Cabrilla, so, you know, you you work in the school systems. Um, you know, you're working with kids. So, just tell me about that. What what has been your, how has that been? What have you seen? What's, what's been going on, you know, since you are in this field? You know, some of the good, some of the I'm bad. What, what would you it's say? It's different since we've been in this pandemic. So my interaction with kids has been very limited. Um, however, I am more so interacting with the parents right. and families. 
so we're just trying to make sure that the children have a protective space for academic success, whether that may be preventing them um, due to homelessness or poor hygiene or um, learning disabilities. We're just trying to assess that so we can make sure that they have, like I said, academic success. So sometimes I conduct home visits, sometimes I conduct phone calls or meetings with administrators or faculty members to see how we can better serve the child based on their needs. So that's pretty much what I've been doing thus far. I just get referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, There can be some counseling included. Sometimes you have that rapport with the children where you can talk to them and see what's been going on. How's the home life? You know, just kind of probe and see what's been affecting them because sometimes you never really know what's going on until you talk to that child, especially the younger children, because sometimes they may be a little bit more vocal than the parents. So if you know there's some marital issues going on or some abuse and neglect, the children tell you, yeah, I saw mommy hitting dad. So it's just like, you know, okay, that kind of gives us something to play off of. So it's just like, um, that's kind of been where or the situations that I've encountered thus far. So that's kind of been the climate. It's like I said, it's different with the pandemic because we are not supposed to have a lot of access to certain things as far as like interacting with the children, you know? So, um, okay. I can definitely say it's a bit odd, but we're working with it one way or another. Right. Um, I think, well, I, I, of course, I love what you do, um, but I hope as Cabrilla was talking, you know, you guys were really listening in uh, a big thing. I mean, I don't have children, but, uh, you know, COVID has definitely changed a lot of things up for everybody, but especially for kids. And um, if you are parents and are listening to this podcast, you know, you have children or, you know, people that you know, have children or you take care of your brothers and sisters, whatever it may be, it's really important that we are getting educated in mental health, right? So you can appropriately pass that on to your kids, right? So you can demonstrate for them um, just how to take care of yourself and how important it is and being in tune with your children and ultimately being in tune, you know, with yourself. Because that's why, again, this podcast we hope we is created to serve as a resource for you to gain insight, for you to gain knowledge and and wisdom and and tips, you know, to help better where you may be where you where you may be at in your mental health right now. So I think in our as our professions, that's our job. Like that that's why we do what we do. That's why I mean, Cabrella do what we do because we see the need for it. We see how underserved and how unrepresented this community is and the black community and the reason why a lot of us operate how we operate is because we don't know we don't know you know uh which is why i think it's so important that our professions are should be more talked about that this field it should be should be considered by a lot of people um if you don't like counseling there always is again like cabrilla's you know uh profession um a licensed clinical social worker um, if you want, there's it, so many options you you can do with, within our field, but I, it should really be highlighted more, um, which I think why as a group, as the various organizations that fall under mental health or social work, or even sometimes healthcare, right? Why we're, why we join this? Because we need to, in, we need to increase the ed- education and the competence in mental health for the children, 
for us millennials, for the people around us, because when you become ed educated and informed about things, your intention at your and your intentionality and even just your actions, right? They're better because you're knowledgeable, knowledgeable about stuff. So it, whether it might be the podcast, you know, this podcast, you might move differently based upon some of the tips we shared or just what you're hearing, right? Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of going back social media, if we had to, what you feed, what you feed yourself, it spills out in what you choose to say, what you think, what you listen to, what you read, the people you associate with, the moves you make. Trust me, it all, it forms a circle, right? So, you know, it's really important to us and like, especially me as a counselor, just fighting for this because I see the, I see the dire need of mental health needing to be talked about and it needing to be highlighted and exposed um, and just the importance of it. It's one thing to say it's important. And like we said, it's one thing to say that you're healthy, but are you actually about it though? Are you actually willing to make those, cut off those people that you know not good for you? Are you actually willing as a millennial to be able to change the stigma and the generational curse has been passed down in your family onto you and be like, no more after me, period. I can't let it happen again. I've be, I've came knowledgeable. I've came informed. That's why everybody can't handle when, when you change and when you switch up, you know, when you begin to move differently and you're taking care of your mental health, taking care of you, everybody can't handle that, that kind that capacity of a change because yeah they're probably going to be the person, they're probably going to be one of those consequences or one of those people that got to go. So they not, they can't even really identify and even be on your level and where you coming from. You know, really what you think though, as far as like the, the lack of competence and education that goes on with this profession and this um, topic. Yeah, I mean, I love how people have been advocating for mental health awareness. I just have a problem when who call themselves a mental health coach or therapist. So I've been seeing that a lot here lately during this pandemic. A lot of people went hiking and just feel like they found themselves or they listen to an album and just feel like they've been healed. And it's all good and well when you're promoting self-care. But mm -hmm. when it comes to actually taking the responsibility to guide and advise someone through their mental health, that's when I have a problem. Because like you and I are working to get to that point where we can be the therapists or the counselors to help people like they're entrusting us with their lives right so for you to say that and you don't have any evidence-based therapeutic interventions or um, any methods that you can apply to your profession so-called it's just a problem because there's people out here who really need help who really need provision and who really need guidance and you're just really playing with them because it's something that you want to be or you're pretending to be so I just see a lot of that and I just want to educate people that mental health is important just as much as your physical health you know when you go to the doctor and you get your checkup I feel like you should get the same thing with your mental health you should go to a counselor and get a checkup to see if you're okay because you just never know what's really bothering you or how you can progress or how you can assess something that you've suppressed from long ago or here recently right. and I feel like it's just really important for us to advocate and educate and I just really have to kind of check check myself because I feel like sometimes I'm not using my platform to the best of my ability as far as advocating for mental health. I exactly. took a while as far as, you know, just working on myself and my education that kind of preoccupied me. But now that I've gotten my master's, 
I feel like I can be doing a lot more and really helping people as far as giving out tips and giving out information and, you know, just trying to build a clientele that I'll have one day and partnering with other social workers who are in the therapy field. So it's just certain things that I look at that I could do to better utilize my skill and talent, if that makes sense. So um, it definitely yeah. makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Um, and I just appreciate and I love that you even said that um, advocating more um, and even from our standpoint, because obviously if we're in the field, you know, how can we um, how can we tell others what, hey, you need to do this or hey, you need to do that. But we're not really demonstrating that. Right. Or we're not every day trying to just give off the energy and give out that information about mental health and, and advocating and, and, and highlighting it. Right. That's really important. I feel you on that 100%. Um, that hits home with like the podcast. I, I definitely need to hit the ground running more um, harder is, you know, as far as really letting people understand and know, you know, about this, about this podcast and the importance of it. And just, I think what really can come from it when you listen, when you listen to it. Um, but it's all, it's all important. And I think that as we continue to move forward, you know, like Cabrilla said, is that you, if you just like how we go get we go get a haircut, or you go to the dentist, or you go to the eye doctor, right? You have to check in. You have to, and I know counseling is not is is very scary and very un, uncomfortable or in, in new to people, right? Um, again, we're gonna we're gonna keep scaling back. We're gonna do a lot of history touches. It is not a likely talked about thing in the black community. It's just not. Now, with it being 2020, way more people I know, millennials have gone to therapy and have considered it, right? And if you are not there, that is okay. Do understand that there are other options. Your PCP can be a, a first option where you can talk with them about symptoms or behavior, behavior um, like things that you are having um, before maybe considering counseling. There are support groups. There are so many different kinds of support groups. Yes, they might be via Zoom, but just try it, y'all. There are a lot of group counseling. Um, that's really cool about uh, so many different topics. If you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, they have them for those. If you are single mothers, or if you're a dis, or if you're um, if you are the spouse of a veteran, you know that that has died. If you're a widow, it list goes on and on. There's so many therapeutic groups. Um, there's business-like groups. I'm actually taking a groups counseling class at this moment. There's so many different forms of groups that are available that can allow you to do that mental check-in, right, on where you're at. But it all starts by taking that step and taking that initiative. Just like we are so hungry to be great, to make money, to open up our businesses, to be entrepreneurs, to be the best of the best in whatever field that you pursue, right? It's the same with your mental health. And, you know, we're going to always reiterate that because outside of this being the purpose of the, of, of the platform of this podcast, it's important in general, y'all. If you do not see it now, I don't know. Like this right now is, the, is, I think, probably one of the most prevalent times that taking care of you is so important because we are fighting so much, so much as a Black community that you need to be able to go to check out that and go someplace or to somebody that you trust. That's not a friend always. It's not your mother, mm-hmm. not your father, you know, et cetera. You have to be able to go someplace to somebody that's, that has, that is not going to be biased, right? It's going to be unbiased against you. And a therapist can be like, it can be that for you. A social worker can be that for you. We are advocates for wanting to see change happen within ourselves, for others, 
our clientele, our children, right? So it's really important uh, to educate yourself and to become competent and something it's one thing to spew a couple facts off and things like that but when you really know something just like you know we tune in the church or whoever you let preach you gotta be real mindful on who you let feed your soul and we um if, if i had to kind of touch on this you know when you know when you get really excited about something you really know when you get excited about something or you feel this this energy about something that you love or, or your dream or your passion right it's like that with therapy and when your mental health, when you are sound and when you are confident and you know that you're healthy and you're better than ever and your mindset is so good, right? You feel it. So when you do tell people about it, it's real. It's genuine. It's authentic because you've done the work. You've done the research. You've done, you know what I'm saying? You're educated. You're mm-hmm. informed. So you know what you're talking about. We all know a person, you know, that is, you know, you just know they lying. Like, you know, you know, I, I just, you sound like you lying. That story don't even sound remotely true, right? But <laughs> when you've gone through that and you've gone done the work of anything, it it comes out so much better. And it, sh- but it and ultimately it shows, right? It shows, it shows to yourself and it shows to others. Uh, but Cabrilla, did you have anything you think you wanted to add to this topic, you know, as, as we continue to wrap up? Yeah, um, I'll definitely say that, hmm, I, I'll say when it comes to counseling or therapy that um, it is not as embraced within the Black community. However, I feel like a lot of our Black peers resort to unhealthy behaviors, whether that be drugs, drinking, or bad relationships, or Mm -hmm. bad habits within themselves. And, you know, I just feel like that is a positive alternative. Because one thing that I, I'll say I encounter with my parents is that sometimes you want to go to them as a friend, you know what I'm saying? And not so much as a child parent relationship sometimes you just want advice like let me you know I understand you're my parent first but let me come to you as a friend to get advice about this certain situation you know what I'm saying so I feel like in those instances it's important to have a therapy therapist to talk to sometimes when you go to a friend and you want to tell them about certain things but then you don't want that judgment or a certain perspective that they may have and it could be as far as like what you may be dealing with like some things I don't feel comfortable telling my best friend about because I feel like she wouldn't understand or she wouldn't um necessarily know how to respond so it's just certain situations like that where I know I can go to the therapist and talk to them about it and actually figure out a plan because I believe every therapist needs a therapist like every social worker needs a social worker every doctor needs a doctor um I just feel like you know once I can go to that therapist I can talk to them and I don't have to worry about my business being put up there because that's the big thing when you're a homegirl or homeboy something there's like a positive else may know too right i mean unless you tell your parents and you have the rapport with them because i know if i tell my mom something she's not going to tell like my aunts or my cousins but she may tell my dad and it may not be something that i would want him to know because it's like you know we're having girl talk but she may feel like it's something that he needs to be aware of and it's kind of like well okay it's something that i was bringing to you in confidence so when you go to therapists like their mandate report it, unless you're talking about hurting yourself or someone 
a vulnerable, a part of a vulnerable community, whether they be disabled or a child, then yes, they will have to, to someone. Right. And then by anything other than that, what you say to them will stay in that session. Right. So you don't have to worry about your business being put out there. If it is, guess what? You got a lawsuit on your hands, so you can sue that person in the facility. So in that mm-hmm. case, like you have the leverage as a client. So you don't have to worry about that being put out there. When you see that therapist, they're not going to based on what they heard because whatever they talked about in a session stay out in public they'll keep it strictly professional but you don't have to worry about being you know criticized from what you said or what you've done that you know you may have divulged to them so i think that's something that they need to take into account and you know instead of knocking it try it you just never know until you go the effects that can come from it you know so i just encourage just know that um as far as like being a mental health therapist and wanting to pursue my career, I could just, you know, be that person to educate and enlighten people that may follow me or that I may encounter on a day-to-day basis. Right. And I think, I think you really, I think you really just sealed the whole deal on this, on this entire conversation. Uh, so we really just, we ultimately encourage you guys to, become the biggest thing out of anything if you don't take anything from this conversation today become educated become informed do your own research i say this all the time but i will keep saying it because some people may not listen last time maybe listen this time you know or you're a first time listener become informed become educated do your research consider counseling keyword consider right look just and there's so many different avenues um Soon, you know, some service might become available to you guys, you know, whether it's through me or through Cabrilla, you know, you never know. Um, God is always working. Um, so where we can help you with that when it comes to finding a therapist, right? Um, and if, if you're not, you know, aware or how to maneuver, you're unsure, you're anxious, you're scared, we can help you with that, you know, and there's people outside of us that'll help you with that. So do your work on becoming informed and taking and taking care of you because at the end of the day nobody knows you better than you right and why not put yourself first why not do the work to put yourself first and to be healthy and to be and to be um happier for life you know and 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 make your body and your and your and your mind happy uh i think that's one of the best gifts you really can ultimately give yourself and we want to leave y'all with that we want everybody to stay safe um so our brothers and sisters please keep your heads up in this time of adversity and severe challenges that we are facing um please do not lose faith or hope um as as rough as it is um all of us gotta stand and stick with each other you know we, we, we gotta stand in this fight so whether you're protesting silently or you're going out there in the streets like be safe um we care um, take care of yourself um, to, you know, do your, t- do your, maybe start maybe this week or whenever you listen to this podcast, start your a routine, a new, a new change with social media, you know, try new things. You'd be surprised um, of how it really can help you and where you, and what you might see in four days of, oh my gosh, I never thought I could feel like this, you know, and if, if I tuning out of social media on a two, day, um, you know, on a couple hours out of the day and taking care of me. Uh, so we really hope that this episode um, was able to touch any of y'all in any way possible. Uh, Kabrila, thank you so much for being on this, um, for being a guest on the show. Um, it was amazing having you here. Uh, thank you for your insight and your wisdom and your knowledge and your opinions. 
Um, hopefully they were valued by others as, as um, because they were valued by me. Um, and we, again, hope to have more listeners and, and help you guys tune in to the very next episode. And um, that is it. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Millennial Minds Mental Health Podcast. Um, stay safe. Thank you, Brady. I can do anything. subpoenas and your misdemeanors was too busy touring out all your arenas my passport is tattered it looked like it's active i play on these planes y'all catch me in traffic y'all drag me in court for that shit y'all back was after all of these